0: you been my guy i'm doing good jake how are you uh,
1: i i am ma- i am doing my best to maintain i i got by this week solely on uh i was getting a little a little depressy because i mean hey are we gonna pretend like the world's not on fire trap are we, are we gonna try to pretend that
0: no it is it is but we're in a nice little happy bubble here on late to the party with travis tate uh, i'm tra- i'm tra- wait no i I'm the one who says it. I can't. I know. Say that I know. It just came up. It just came out. <laughs> I vomited the title of the just, of the show. <laughs> it
1: just it just popped in there. That's right. I tried to think. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I don't know. I, I I was just mostly going through. I made a stew this week, and that was how I felt better. <laughs> you made a stew.
0: What kind of a stew? I, I a love stew. stew.
1: I just made a hearty beef stew. Oh, uh, yeah. so good. i I think I've told you before. I have I have seen incredible <laughs> success. With the uh, Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Body Diet,
0: are you doing it again? And,
1: yeah, I'm actually. I should probably doing it. start really it good. again. <laughs> I, because uh, you know, like the greatest Jake, I lost uh, over a hundred pounds doing that stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, this time around, I think I'm, geez, what I'm down like sixty, almost seventy pounds now. Wow! So it works out for me, and uh, but I'm getting to that point where I need to, uh, I need to start varying up recipes. So uh mm. made myself a hearty beef stew that's quite nice.
0: Stew's good. My <laughs> my son uh he made a he made egg drop soup the other night that was outstanding. I'd never even thought about making homemade egg drop soup, but it was killer.
1: Oh how so how is the did you did you like uh did you watch how is making the egg drops?
0: He basically just broke the eggs in there and kind of broke it up and stirred it i guess i don't know but it looked like how it was supposed to i didn't watch him do it so i guess i'll have to find out but it looked how it looked like it was from a restaurant and it tasted great it was really good yeah i've
1: tried to i've tried to crack the code on making uh sort of poached eggs like they do in uh ramen Mm -hmm. for ramen and i've i've never quite been able to match it Mm. but uh
0: I know. The search continues. I've watched a video or two on making a poached egg, and the key is a vortex. You have to stir the water so it's spinning, and then you drop the egg in, and the spinning oh. kind of forms it into a ball. That, that, that's the trick of poaching an egg. So try Hot a vortex. Tips. Yeah.
1: Hot. Hot steaming hot tips
0: <laughs> I have I have chicken, so we've got a lot of eggs so i watch <laughs> I watch quite a few YouTube videos on uh, recipes for eggs.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've been working that we've been doing it we've been doing a lot of tofu in my house I make a nice uh I make a nice uh sort of scrambled egg substitute as a uh, tofu and it's it's uh it's good. Travis, it's good. egg talk <laughs> we're talking yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> I diverted there a bit of a brief pass away. Ah, um, i like eggs so like uh so what have you been into this week like or, i mean just just in general what's going on with you it's just you know like i said i i all i try to do is stay busy and and try to forget that you know i'm, I'm still home this mm. is uh this week counts three months that i've been home wow Uh, it
0: is you're the only person that's lost weight while being home i'll say that
1: oh man like 1 million percent i I, i'm sure i've said this before 1 million percent i went into this because uh once i'd gone into it i'd already had a few friends that had been uh work from home and a few of them after just a couple of weeks had talked about that you know how being on full lockdown quarantine had kind of been getting to them so (laughs) I went into it with just like I am. I am going to fill my life with stuff to do, and uh, you know that's that that was a real good formula for a while. But I mean, three months in, uh, I still you know I still my diet's going well. I still work out a ton. That's the other thing is like <laughs> like this whole staying at home thing has not it is, I have not treated it like a vacation and it has not been a vacation. Like I can't, I can't go anywhere, Travis. I don't, I don't go to restaurants. Like I've, I've, you know, I've done a little bit of takeout here and there, but I don't, I certainly haven't gone to any restaurants. I can't travel. Can't, you know, go to movies or bars or anything like that. And it's, so, you know, I, sorry, I had to take a little sippy pippy, but, uh, you know, I, you kind of don't – I guess I don't know what it's like for you. I mean, with the with Wise Guys and stuff, I, I think you've realized is there's just a lot that I get out of my system every day just running into um, just random people <laughs> for just those little bits of chit-chat, those little social situations. And, like, now it's basically I've got my wife and my son and – like uh, when when Cindy gets home from work, she's been socially pumped uh, to the gills dealing with you know talking people through their their issues that she works with, and like she generally needs a rest when she gets home. So it's like I, I think I told you about the, it's like Lady Hawk like you <laughs> know uh, I I need to talk, she needs to be alone, and uh, so yeah, it's it's gotten a little tougher as time goes on. I don't know, what what was I even talking about? I think I just put myself into a hole. (laughs) I I remember eggs. We were talking about eggs. It's just been like I I, you know, I learned recipes. I uh without so oh yeah, I I think what I was just trying to say is this has not I've tried to treat it not like a vacation. I still you know, I still get up at like five thirty, I still try to get a lot done. But at the same time without this, um I've done a lot of work on my yard. I've done a lot of cleaning in my house. Uh, I've bought exercise equipment and I've worked out a ton and I could have certainly done that stuff while, you know, working. It just would have been really hard to get myself to make that time. You know what I'm saying?
0: Right. No, I get it. I've been working the whole time and uh, I probably put on weight. I haven't weighed myself in a while, but yeah, I I just get home and I'm I'm tired. I don't want to work out. I just want to, relax
1: yeah yeah we're we're uh we're middle-aged men so i definitely know that i I remember the sensation of that from a bygone era when i used to work where coming home and thinking about working out is a lot harder so you know the journey continues right
0: that's right we just keep pumping along
1: (laughs) speaking of journeys travis what what journeys have you been on this week?
0: Oh, I've been doing a little bit of stuff here and there. There's, <clears throat> there's one thing I wanted to talk about. It's I'm gonna I'm gonna add this to the cool my cool list. Uh, it actually just uh, got announced today. Uh, so it, you know if I'm using uh, something that just got announced today on my cool list, it was a it was a slow week for cool stuff. Uh, but uh, you know, we're all busy, you know.
1: We're all busy, and
0: uh, entertainment news is. Thin. right it's and i'm thin. i'm really busy actually still working every day sometimes the weekends too then doing stand-up oh I'm so tired anyway uh <laughs> splash mountain is getting a, a reboot at disneyland and i'm super <laughs> yeah, happy I put about that,
1: it i put that down in news and uh you know it's it's really long overdue i told you i told you a few months back about that uh that program I'd listened to that did a real deep dive on the history of uh song of the South. And it's, uh, I, I think it's a great move. I think that choosing to do the princess and the frog specifically, I mean, it, it fits with the theme of new Orleans, but also is a very, you know, it, it's very specifically a black story. So to take, to take something like splash mountain that was using a very dicey, property with some really bad history to it and saying, well, we're we're not just because um, I was looking at some stuff today and some of the comments I saw like, oh, I wish they made a Frozen 2 thing out of it. And I'm like, no, I think it was a it was a real smart and proper decision to say, well, we're going to take this thing out. And we're going to put in, you know, like uh, is that I, I will say for myself, I haven't seen The Princess and the Frog. Is that one that you've seen?
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's an excellent movie. It's one of my favorite of the especially the more modern animated one it's it's the last hand-drawn animated movie that disney did it's a really really? good it's a really good movie i had
1: not thought of that uh what's the name of the princess in that tiana is tiana disney's only black princess
0: i probably yeah i i mean i don't i don't want to say a a definitive yes or no but it's the only one that comes to mind
1: then it's a then it's a good call yeah
0: well, just the I'm fact, a- it's, a, it's a super overlooked movie. It really was well done. The music in it's really good. Uh, the animation was, like, top notch. Like, the fact that that was the last uh, hand-drawn animated movie that they did was weird because it's not like it was poorly done and they're like, let's just go computer. So, it was just a, well, I guess the trend is computer animation, so we're just going to go that way. Where I think Disney yeah. has the money in the time they could still stand out a little bit more by still doing hand-drawn animation because there's a huge market for that. And I think (laughs) I'm just tired of computer animated movies. I don't care about any of them. I haven't, I haven't seen a Pixar movie in years. I don't care about any of these computer animated movies. It's just, it's paint by numbers to me at this point. I, I don't care. So, I think Disney should probably rethink going back and doing hand-drawn animation. But as far as Splash Mountain goes, <clears throat> Song of the South, of course there's cultural problems with it, but another problem with the movie is that it's super boring. It is just dumb. Like anybody that's fighting to have it released, I think you're you're misremembering how b- bad and boring this movie is. So the the retheme of it 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 it's just only makes based sense on
1: the it's only based on the Brer Rabbit stuff anyway, which would be right like saying like, OK, we had a we had a whole ride that was based around that short cartoon about the first time Han and Luke met Boba Fett and then saying, that, right. oh, the, the ride's based on the uh, the Christmas special. Like, it's it's not. It's just based really on that one thing.
0: The cartoons probably last 10, maybe 15 minutes out of an hour and a half movie. So, yeah. it. It, it didn't make any sense to have a ride uh, based on a property that they weren't going to release. They had zero interest mm. in releasing. They were actually kind of ashamed that they made it. So <laughs> why even have that ride there to begin with? So the retheme yeah. of it just makes perfect sense. And I, I know there's going to be the oh, SJW, blah, blah. No, 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 no. That's whatever. If that's what you want to believe, that's fine. But the Princess and the Frog is a beautifully made movie and this just makes sense it does fit right next to new orleans square she turns into a a frog i almost said rabbit (laughs) it's not (laughs) princess and the rabbit she turns into a frog there's all these uh animal creatures that you meet it just makes sense to have it right there in critter country so i'm pretty happy and this is a movement that people have been suggesting on the internet for a couple years now so it's kind of cool that whether they're going to acknowledge that they listened, listened or not, maybe they'll act like it's their idea, but it does make complete sense. And I think it's going to be, I only saw a couple pictures of uh, like the rough drafts of what they're planning and it it looks really cool. I mean, the main thing that I would want them to keep uh, on that ride is the riverboat because the riverboat, when you come around that corner and you see all the animals singing and dancing on the riverboat, it like, it's just like, You know, it's like that Disney magic type thing. And you can completely keep that because the riverboat doesn't even exist in uh, Song of the South anyway. It was just they had all these creatures uh, left over from the old, uh, what was it called? America Sings that they used to have in the rotating building. (laughs) And they needed somewhere to put them because they had them. So they just like, well, let's put them on a riverboat. So as long as the riverboat's still there, I'm cool with it.
1: Um, I'm sure it'll be a lot of a lot of huge spectacle. I haven't, boy, I uh, I can't even. The last time I was at Disneyland was a lot of years ago. was like eight or nine years ago, something like that. So I can't even think of the last new thing that I saw at Disneyland. Most, of, I think, I think the new thing, if I'm if I'm thinking about it right, the the kind of new thing at Disneyland at that point was that they had been starting to put in starting to uh, interject uh, Jack Sparrow stuff into Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. And uh, I, I wasn't a huge fan of that. Like, this is, like, uh, I, get, I get a little, you know, I don't like when they got the old rides and put in new stuff personally because I think that, for me, kind of a nostalgia aside, I think some of those are, are kind of artistic achievements. Like, the, the one that I'm always worried about, I'm always worried, how's the Tiki Room doing?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean it's still there. <laughs> it's not I, the, the a long line usually.
1: <laughs> is, the Tiki Room is so endeared to me, and like I think that there is a genuine art in a lot of those animatronics and things like that. But like this is one of the ones that I mean it was. I think I looked it up. I think it was put in in '92, which I know is a, a long time ago. Kind of, but as far as you know, rides in Disneyland, that's a fairly new ride and and it was based on something that they just shouldn't have made something out of in the first
0: place. So the funny thing about the Tiki room is when you sit in there and you're watching the show, I mean, you can hear the songs and the songs are great, but it you just hear click, clack, click, clack, click, clack because yeah. of all the beaks, <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. sounds like you're in a factory kind of.
1: <laughs> I, I don't think I'd get to, if they went through there and tried to refurbish it while me, it's just so hard. It's so hard. Like I said, uh, there is a genuine what i believe is an art to making those old things like when they went through and started putting newer things in it's a small it's a small world is you know the the joke is how boring it is and how repetitive but it's you know it's an old kind of like the, there's just there's there's a craftsmanship in building those mm-hmm. old things that probably goes back to yeah i, I guess it is nostalgia but i have a nostalgia of those sort of practical effects type things. I have nostalgia for like a Ray Harryhausen who, you know, instead of CGI, this was someone who figured out how to make pretty impressive art, you know, using stop motion animation. Uh, You know, I, I can't begrudge CGI. Like we've gotten some amazing stuff out of CGI and it makes it so that it probably makes it so a lot of movies that some, some pretty great stuff that wouldn't, wouldn't be able to get a budget gets made now. Yeah, It's just that there's, you know, you were talking earlier about like Pixar. It's like, do you remember how significant a Pixar release used to be?
0: Yeah, it used to be like you'd wait all year for it to come out. And now, honestly, there's there's people, if you follow it closely, you know what studio put out what movie. But, I mean, honestly, there's so many studios putting out so many movies and they just kind of blend in together. And sometimes they have the exact same thing. Uh, Who knows? Who knows who's putting out anything anymore? You don't know if it's Pixar. You don't know if it's DreamWorks or Blue Sky (laughs) or whatever.
1: Oh well, I kind of, I kind of blame DreamWorks for um, uh, Shrek was so popular. And once that, when Shrek became popular, they just turned on. They, they like completely turned on the, you know, DreamWorks hose and right. We we just got a deluge of these sort of just that DreamWorks that DreamWorks style and it's I, and a I formula really. Pixar has Pixar has gotten a little closer to that. Like uh, I don't know because uh, I didn't see it. Uh, uh, was it Onward? Onward was their most recent one. Yeah, right? I, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I didn't see it. And I haven't heard anything bad about it. Neither have I. But Onward tonally and. Even a little bit design wise, looks really close to what I kind of generally think of as the DreamWorks style.
0: Yeah, because it's like, but, uh, but it's, also with, it's trashy fairy tale characters, and, you know, it's kind of like the, it's not a fairy tale world at all. It's just kind of like our world, but they're over it.
1: And I'll bet it isn't that. I'll bet it's, I'll, I mean, I, I, I assume and I think it is better than that, but, you know, like, Pixar, and I think also some of it has to do with, from what I understand, Pixar as a studio is not exactly the same thing that it was. Because I think, I don't know, I, 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 I'm making some base guesses. Of, I think it's just like Pixar is very much more of a Disney studio that they keep the Pixar name on. As right. opposed to like Pixar was something that was very separate from Disney that Pixar made things and Disney kind of helped them make it. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: Well, they—I mean—they were putting out really good stuff at first, and not to say the new stuff isn't good, but I think people just put them on this huge pedestal. It was, there just, e- it was so significant. The, I got tired of being manipulated by every movie. You know what I mean? Like, okay, <laughs> I don't. I just want to watch a movie. I don't want to deal with all these emotions and things like like. Toy Story. I never even saw Toy Story four, but Toy Story three is kind of where I noticed. It. I was like, all right, uh, either kill the toys or don't kill the toys, but don't make me think you're going to kill the toys. Like if that bothered me as an adult, I could just imagine what my kids, cause my kids were younger at that time sitting in the theater next to me. And they, I just looked at them and saw how upset they were. Like it was upsetting me. I could just imagine that these, all these little kids, like millions of little kids went through that trauma of thinking these characters they loved were going to be burned before their eyes. Only to be saved you know, at the last minute. Like, come on, I come Pixar!
1: From, I come from a love of things like Secret of Nim and Labyrinth and Dark Crystal and uh, Neverending Story. That we're all, we're all like people look at those and say that kind of scarred me. Like, either they're scary or something way sadder than what would be happened in a lot of movies happened, or you know, or just were. Like some of them were scary. Just some of them, like like say Labyrinth. Labyrinth isn't so scary, is it? Just like really, there, there's a feeling of unease coming from that world in a right. lot of ways. They're just create like uh, what's the what's the little troll dude's name? Like he's just
0: oh uh, Hoggle. He,
1: Hoggle Hoggle isn't he's just upsetting.
0: <laughs> it's Tommy Lee Jones. I I maintain that. Yeah. I'm going to say it forever. It's Tommy Lee Jones.
1: <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones is yes.
0: Tommy Lee Jones upsetting. My wife was watching the live uh, Little Mermaid that they did. Oh, it's, really? It's got like Queen Latifah is, uh, I can't even remember the character's name, the, the sea witch or whatever. She was really good, actually. Ursula? Yeah, Ursula. But it made me think that, I mean, I love my family. I love i love many things in this world, but I don't think I've ever loved anything the way that a woman in her early 40s loves the Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah there are a few of those certainly <laughs> i think uh, all of them they love
0: what i remember about, what
1: about like a what about a a what about harry potter
0: <laughs> i just remember i i, I want to say it was like seventh grade when that came out on video because we're the same age we were graduated the same year it just the way that every seventh grade girl that i knew went ballistic for the little mermaid they would like bring their VHS copy to school with them. It was so weird it was like they I, couldn't be separated from it
1: I can't I can't complain for the, because for a long time I had a very unhealthy relationship with the Star Wars franchise yeah uh, me too but man they were just thankfully if you want thankfully if you want to look at it that way George Lucas was nice enough to kill that inside of me.
0: I remember walking through the halls and hearing girls going, "Ah." it was just like, it was too much.
1: (laughs) I think the closest thing I have to the experience with that was uh, drama, drama kids in high school ruining everything Monty Python for me. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, you know, what are you going to do? Right. One last thing on Splash Mountain. <laughs> okay. That that ride is consistently closed four months out of the year anyway. So
1: <laughs> is it?
0: Yeah, I don't know what I think it I've is. I've always hit it running. I I they, was on that once gonna... and it broke down and we got to walk through the ride. It was kind of cool.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You told me. That. Are they going to keep the smell?
0: Oh yeah, the smell comes from the water. So yeah, they're not going to change the way <laughs> the water smells. I think you can buy a candle that smells like that. Actually,
1: I was just going to. I was pondering that, and I wonder if I'd heard that before, or if that you know yeah whatever
0: but i, I I'm excited anyway, to, to see to see what they do with it I think it's I think it's a good thing anybody out there that's crying about it just just calm down it's just a ride
1: <laughs> and 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 again it's something that I honestly and I don't want to I'm gonna start again I think Disney would be it would be a good move for Disney to just disavow that movie and just say you know what this is this is a bad thing. And we just disavow it at this point. Well,
0: I mean, kind of once the ride changes, there's really no more references to it. I mean, I guess you can find the old commercials where they use zippity doo dah. Cause that, I mean, that was a, that's the only good thing about that movie. The song zippity Doo dot is a really good song. Well, other I, than that, uh, it's, it's pretty lame and boring. Just let it go.
1: I, I think I told you like, there's a section in that program that I listened to about that. It, it is very, very strongly uh, possible that Zippity Doo Da was inspired by an extremely racist titled song of the mm. era. Yeah.
0: The Sherman Brothers, huh? Oh. Uh, it,
1: the name of the song was Zip Zip and a certain C word that uh, maybe could go with rocket to some degree. Hmm. But uh, yeah, it's the, like I said, soup to nuts, There, there's just a lot of things. Wrong with that, that movie, and that that era of Disney, that era of Disney, in a lot of ways, uh, there were a lot of poor decisions made.
0: It wasn't um, even that um, era of Disney; it was that era of humans. <laughs> I mean, certainly. it's not yeah, like they certainly. were. It's not like they were the See, the I, leaders in racism. They were, <laughs> you know what I, I mean. Love, it was. I just... love
1: Looney Tunes. I love Looney Tunes, and they made some real bad stuff. I will say, I will say on their part, Looney Tunes has been very. It has done things in the past to say this was made in an era they were wrong, and I kind of think Disney has never come out and said. No, they have.
0: I've I've bought I've bought tons of collections of old Mickey Mouse and Goofy and Donald Duck cartoons and all these, and they always had um. Oh, what was the film critic? Ah, the guy Gene with the Charlotte? beard. No, not Gene Shal. Not the guy with the mustache. The guy with the beard. Oh, uh, the um. They used to use his book uh, on Doug loves movies all the time.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm, try- I'm trying to think of his name now. Because they've changed the... They don't do that game anymore because they right. just kind of ran
0: out. Uh, anyway, Leonard they, Malton. Leonard Malton. yeah. They would They would have Leonard Malton before a cartoon came on or before a movie ca- came on kind of explain, you know, this isn't acceptable now. During these times, you know, c- this kind of thing happened. You know, just a little yeah, explanation. Um, and I, I, my kids my kids would watch those and I always thought those were super, super helpful. And, you know, my kids know how to respect people and things like, you know, no matter, you know, what their, you know, race or religion or anything that, you know, know, I think it's good educational things to, to have kids watch and learn and go, see, this is bad. Like, can you imagine how that would make you feel, you know? So you can either use it as, eh, people were, you know, pussies back then or whatever, you know, or, or, or you can be like, Hey, so like, I, I'll just share a little story with you. Um, I heard the N word at school when I was in elementary school and I'd had no idea what it meant. I had no idea how it was used. And, uh, I came home and said it and I got my mouth washed out with soap. And I got a wow. lecture about how we don't use that word because. You know it's insensitive to people, and it makes people feel bad. And don't use that word anymore. And I have, I don't, I I don't. So I mean, I had to learn the hard way, but I learned it. I got my mouth washed out with soap, and I'm glad I did because it's a word that I just don't use.
1: Yeah.
0: Message received. Well,
1: and and uh, I think I think that is uh, that is one of the huge battles with something like Song of the South is they certainly don't use that word. It's the more subtle. You know, like, the, it, it's the separation of, uh, trying to think how to say it, of, of we grew up in that era where we didn't, like, I grew up watching Looney Tunes cartoons and having, having no context that when Bugs Bunny came out, you know, in kind of an Uncle Remus type character, mm-hmm. I had no, I, it just, it didn't occur to me that that was hurtful. It didn't occur to me that it was malicious, and it, and it was.
0: I think it when was, you're a child you don't realize that kind of stuff though.
1: And you and I think you grow up and you look back at those things and because you didn't have that you didn't have that context, you think well when I was a kid it didn't hurt, so when I grew up it must not be like it couldn't have been mean because no one told me it was mean at the time.
0: I think it's important so, uh, to remember that we're doing things right now that we think are perfect perfectly reasonable that in 30 years people are going to look back on and go I can't believe people were doing that. That was that was so terrible. How could you treat people like that? I think that's just. I think that's human nature and human evolution. Is we're always going to look back. Just look back at your your fashion. Look back at haircuts or something. You're at the time you're like, yeah, this is. I'm rocking it, you know. And then you look back and go, whoa, what were we thinking? I think that's just human nature.
1: I don't have to look back at that. I can tell you. uh, I had a conversation with my son this week about. You know, uh, some some choices of language that we're working on, and uh, you know, I don't I don't want to get too deep into that, but I, part of the conversation I told him because it was, it was a word that we'd been using in our house for a while, that I started really having some reflection on, and I knew that he'd used it too, and I had a lot of reflection on. It. I told him, I just had told him, hey, look, we're we're going to work on phasing out that word. He was like, really? Like, and I just said, you know. He, and he, he i think he he said something to the effect of like well we've talked about it. he's like man yeah i know it's wrong now it's just it's gonna be hard to just like yeah it is i there are words that when i was younger um i used that i should never have been using at the time and i just i damn myself that that i wasn't as educated or you know i i hadn't i hadn't educated myself well enough and I think that's the difference is, yeah, in 30 years, uh, society will look back and things that I'm doing right now, they'll look back and go, I can't believe he did that. And instead right. of, it, it, when that time comes, instead of saying, well, it was a different time, I will say, yeah, I was wrong then. I was wrong and I condemned the way I acted at that time. And that's when you look at something, because we're, we're going on and on about this, but when you look at something like Song of the South, I think Disney should stop beating around the bush and just not addressing it and finally say, that was made... Wi- as a company, we were wrong. Walt Disney, and that, that'd be a messed up thing to have to say, Walt Disney was wrong to make that. And we're not those people anymore, and we're gonna move forward not being those people. Like
0: I think they just won't our, talk about it. I think they'll just let it no, they won't. let it go. They
1: won't because I mean I mean honestly, like it's not like it, the the stuff that I've come to learn about that about you know the the decisions that got made and the way that uh, Song of the South got made those facts were still there in 1992 when they built it. And I would think if anybody, the Walt Disney Corporation knows that history.
0: Yeah, I mean, so, they had already... It's. I don't think they ever released it on VHS, did they? I don't, I don't know. Maybe they did. But by 1992, uh, they were already feeling the regret. <laughs> so it is surprising a, they made that. Maybe they thought, well, was, if we just put animals in it, uh, it'll make a positive out of a negative. Because I, I, I want to say originally
1: originally they had the tar baby in the ride and not too long i I think it was always honey no no i are you sure i can look that up i can look that up real quick because i think it was let me go ahead and vamp for a little bit like we've i think we've we've talked that into the ground i mean we we both made a you know
0: right i will say whenever somebody says song of the south i always in my head I go sweet potato pie and I shut my mouth that's, a, <laughs> that's an Alabama song from, from the yeah. 90s yeah
1: that's a whole other thing
0: so while you're doing that I'm going to talk about a, another cool thing that I kind of got into it's actually I'm combining two things together it's this new uh, phase of TV where they're, they're basically making 90s Nickelodeon contest shows into shows for everybody now uh, it's kind of like uh, I mean holy moly kind of fits into that but I've, I've mentioned this show uh, a couple times ultimate tag I, I've been watching a lot more ultimate tag. It's just so fun it, they've got basically uh, your American gladiators type characters on there where they've got nicknames and stuff like that and then they have they're competing against regular contestants but there's a there's a I don't know tagger or runner, I don't know what to call him, on the show, his name is The Flow, this person, (laughs) I'm convinced that he was bitten by a radioactive spider. (laughs) Because the way this Uh, man moves is video game or superhero movie movement. The way he runs over things, jumps over things, walks, just runs on top of things, swings around and changes direction like Spider-Man... It's insane the way this guy moves. So if you want to just see a human being doing things that no other human being can do with their body, watch this show and watch the flow and tell me that I'm wrong. This guy is amazing. Like, I don't if there was like an Olympic sport that was ultimate tag, this guy would be like the. I don't know, the Carl Lewis of ultimate Taggy. I mean, he would have the record for most gold medals. He's, he's outstanding. The other one I was going to talk about is, uh, it's a, it's on Netflix. I think it just popped up in the last week or two. It's called floor is lava. And it's basically that game we all used to play where the floor is lava, but you can hop around on like couch cushions and stuff like that. So they've got, they've got this room set up. The floor is lava. It's, it's just red goop that like blows up into the air there's like little explosions that makes it splash on things and you have to get from one end of a room to the end on the other side of the room and you crawl over like easter island statues or you crawl on a pyramid all these different obstacles and it's ridiculous but it's kind of fun. It's usually like family members or friends teaming up together and there's, there's three at a time trying to get across. But the the thing that that makes me laugh is when somebody falls in the water, uh, they, they kind of coach the players to act like that person is really gone and dead and you don't see them anymore. (laughs) You you don't see them reemerge. You just, they're gone.
1: Is it, is it kind of like release the hounds?
0: yeah a little bit a little bit yeah because when somebody falls in they all go no and then they're just gone you don't it's it's pretty (laughs) funny (laughs) that's fun
1: uh Gabe and I watched a little bit of um ultimate tag we kind of pulled the ripcord just because for for us Mm -hmm. it was the the tag was a little inconsistent between you were either getting you were getting like you were saying of like these crazy parkour moves but then it would be uh uh, the, the, like the giant woman, Oh yeah, she just, she can't move around that way. So it was,
0: <laughs> I think she moves pretty good for somebody that's like probably a foot taller than most of the women on the show.
1: Oh, certainly. I'm not like, I, I, I'm not disparaging. I'm not disparaging this, this statuesque woman. I'm just mostly talking about like a difference between, I think it was the kid. The one that is the kid that was also oh, yeah. the kid was, the kid was disturbing. <laughs>
0: Are you talking, is it the geek?
1: The, okay, the geek was also equally disturbing, <laughs> but there was one that just went by the kid.
0: Okay, I, I think I know which one you're talking about. Did you happen uh, yeah, to catch okay. the flow?
1: I don't know if we saw Oh, them. you got to see if if the, the flow. flow.
0: This guy is like, I don't Maybe know. I've seen
1: flow in the machine.
0: No. Not. Something different. <laughs> this guy moves like no other human. Like I, I'm saying Spider-Man. He moves like Spider-Man. It's crazy.
1: It's hard to say. Some of them... Some of them had, like, I remember the kid and the geek, and the I, I she's not the giantess or something like, it's something like up, something that. It's something like that. There's
0: giant in but the name.
1: I remember her, I remember those ones specifically because they had a real theme, mm-hmm. but there were some of them that was just like the streak. Like, well, he's fast, I or guess, or something like horse. that. Horse.
0: There's one guy named Horse, <laughs> and he's just kind of like this big barreling long-haired guy (laughs) he looks like a roadie roadie for iron (laughs) maiden or something
1: (laughs) dude if they had one just called the roadie and he came out with like a cigarette and a like a half empty (laughs) bottle of jack and then just went to town parkouring them and like maybe that's like a complaint is they're not like even though even though i did not like the geek the geek freaked me out he was a good athlete though
0: you don't suspect it
1: at least he really went for it oh yeah (laughs) yeah But yeah, that was just that was just our thing of, it was it was either like crazy parku, parku great crazy parquet, <laughs> go nuts, or, or it was like this is an athletic person but they're kind of lumbering around the set. Yeah. Which is you know like, so we we just didn't it just didn't quite connect with us.
0: This is what you get when sports isn't possible. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know this stuff was all filmed before. But I do think it's interesting. Maybe maybe networks are seeing that people are kind of getting bored with uh, these multi-millionaire uh, players constantly like bickering with ownership. Like, that's, it, I've been turned off of pro sports, sports lately just because of all of the politics and stuff like that in it. And I'm not even talking like I'm not saying politics like our country, you know, politicians. I'm talking like the behind the scenes, I want more money. I don't like this player. The coach isn't playing me how I want to, like that kind like office politics.
1: That is spectacular like considering that you are kind of a big fan of pro wrestling cuz like <laughs> isn't isn't pro wrestling like not
0: not even talking kayfabe, like behind the scenes is ninety percent those kind of politics. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong there. <laughs> but I don't like, watch that, that as much as I used to either. I kind of yeah. keep up on it, just like I keep up on sports. I, I would check scores and stuff like that, and kind of you know see what the Jazz are doing and things like that. But any you know outside of the teams that I care for, I I was just like, yeah, it's happening. <laughs>
1: <laughs> eh. Hey, um, Travis. Yes. I have finally entered the first week of the pandemic. Oh, you have! Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> I I finally sat down and watched *All of Tiger
0: King* last week. Oh, I haven't touched that.
1: <laughs> so I can. What do you think? I can finally I can finally start the discourse, the fresh discourse on *Tiger King*. Dude, it's <laughs> it. So if you you haven't watched any of it, I'm sure you probably know the some of the the basics of like it's it's about crazy. It, clearly insane people who, who run very sad, uh, animal quote unquote reserves in right. Florida.
0: So my wife and daughter have both watched it and told me all about it. And every hacky comedian that I've seen uh, has a Carol Baskin joke. So I, I know the gist of it.
1: Like that's, uh, that's a that is a very sensationalistic part of it. It was not once I finally got through the whole like Carol Baskin. <clears throat> Uh, fed her fed her husband to a tiger thing of yeah probably the mo- the sensational sensationalistic thing about it is uh like uh joe exotic making a music video with a very a very believable carol baskin lookalike alike feeding <laughs> meat to what is supposed to be her husband to a tiger oh, wow it's <laughs> but but that part of it like it, it goes I thought it was purely gonna send her around the battle between carol baskin and joe exotic and it, that's so it's definitely a part of it, but it's it's so much more of this this guy and his obsession with fame. Yeah, uh, like kind of the the things that he does in in that search for this fame that he can never he just can never quite get that. What like whatever he, whatever weird, you know, circus level of fame that he gets, he's just never really satisfied with it. and he He's got it people, now. He just but,
0: can't enjoy it. <laughs>
1: Ugh, the people that he leaves. The funny thing is, I for some reason I had been convinced that he had killed Carol Baskin, and that was why he was in jail. Like, uh, I mean, he's in jail for the conspiracy to do that, right? But, uh, you know, like the the other people that uh, I don't know if it was a tweet or a comedian said it, but it it was Sage in that someone said basically anyone who appeared on camera in Tiger King probably deserves to be in jail, except for there's one. <laughs> Uh, there's one guy who got his arm bit off by a tiger who is very even tempered. And you almost feel like, how did this person end up in this situation to begin with? Like they're, they seem way better than this, but uh, hmm. regardless, like it, you know, I, I think it had been, it had been built up in a, a lot in my mind. Cause it was just such a huge thing. That first bit of the, of quarantine. Right. But even with that, like I watch him like, yeah, this is, this is pretty compelling. There's a lot of, a lot of subterfuge, a lot of like backbiting and a a lot of bad people that they hadn't really like some of the, the bad people hadn't really become part of that, that discourse talking about it. And, and and I even got like, uh, so I don't even know how long after it, uh, Joma, how they got, got hold of how Joel McHale got, got this thing of,
0: Oh, 30. yeah. I, I, so what happened is it blew up, basically. And by the well, time yeah. it blew up, it was uh, it was a situation of, we need to produce more. How are we going to produce more? And then I, somebody had the idea. Because I think, I don't know if Joel McHale still has a contract with them, but do you remember when he kind of moved the soup to Netflix and it didn't really take off? Did
1: he? I had no idea. Yeah, that, if you, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah,
0: there's a show on Netflix of him basically doing the soup in front of a a live audience, just a small audience. And it it never really took off, but I think that's where the connection with Joel McHale goes.
1: I I guess that makes sense, at least in that they had had a working relationship to begin with. Mm -hmm. And and he's someone who, like the soup's not, he's just had some hosting background. Yeah. So, and that, even that little thing where they interview some of the, you know, they don't, they don't really get the main players. Obviously they're not going to get Joe exotic and, Frankly, <laughs> look, man, yes, um, Joe Exotic was really wanted to get Carol Baskin killed. She is a bad person. She's a very <laughs> bad person. And her husband is disturbing.
0: I think that's, I mean, that's the main reason I didn't watch it or care to watch it now. Is I don't like, there's this thing in our society where we glorify bad behavior and make celebrities out of people that behave poorly and i just it just doesn't sit right with me so i'm glad that people enjoyed it and it got them through the first little part of you know the the quarantine and stuff but it's not my cup of tea plus i i really have a problem with people owning wild animals i just, yeah, i think that it's is, gross uh, and disgusting and i think it's <laughs> like maybe maybe they're all i can't think of anybody i've ever seen on tv that owns wild animals that isn't probably mentally ill at some point <laughs>
1: Well, the Carol Baskin, Carol Baskin portrays herself as like kind of a, a PETA, Like I'm against this, and she's just as exploitative. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's just that's that's one of those. Uh, I think if thou protesteth too much, type situations. <laughs> I,
1: I will tell you this. I, well, and also as part of it is, I think, I think because they they show some stuff at the end. I think Joe Exotic, kind of was, very early on, was sort of. It, like he, they have videos of him talking about how he thinks that owning those kind of animals in captivity is bad, and he's kind of trying to stop it and facilitate good lives. And he just became, and it, it's entirely possible Carol Baskin originally had more of an altruistic intent, but they become famous.
2: Mm-hmm. They
1: be, they they get a sense of like Carol Baskin gets a sense of that she her her, her place in society is more important than that or Joe Exotic his fame is more important than that and they just stop being that thing
0: I bet they're even uh, more incorrigible now now that they're famous because that's that was zero fame now they're they're household names unfortunately that's I think we can get to the root of what's wrong with this country is that people can name probably more characters on the Tiger King documentary than they can name like actual like presidents of the united states (laughs) well
1: uh the other thing that fascinates me about that and um uh, have you ever heard of s-town no it was uh it was it was like okay you've heard i I assume you've heard of syria syria syria
0: oh syria yo syria i was like syria the country yeah no yeah i've heard of
1: (laughs) you've heard of syria i was like where's Uh, this going like syria (laughs) No, Syria. Are
0: they Syrian tigers? Uh, yes, I've heard of the podcast serial. Yeah.
1: Well, um, S Town was a podcast, a documentary podcast that came up a year or so after that. Kind of had that same s- sort of fame level. And uh, what fascinates me about Tiger King that was similar to S Town is the Tiger King. All the stuff, all a lot of the drama of Tiger King they're they are making a documentary about it before any of that stuff happens. Really? The interviews, like, all the, like, I mean, the, the, like, wh-
0: This is all before <laughs> Sorry, he hi- tried to hire a hitman?
1: Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, like, they have tons of, they have tons of interviews, like, there's all kinds, like, the, there are interviews with Joe Exotic at the time that one of his husbands kills himself, and it's like, so, you you start a documentary of just like this is a fascinating individual who has this weird war going on and in the time that you're doing the documentary uh one of his husbands kills himself you find out the like look i'm doing spoiler spoilers for Tiger. it's been out for long long enough it's fine like one of his husbands kills himself that you find out that both of his husbands neither of them were gay at the time he gets remarried uh you know some guy swoops in to become a partner and then basically steals it out from under him. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, Hey, maybe I don't know. I, I, I just, I guess I don't know necessarily how documentaries work. I can tell you for certain the documentary did not start after, you know, Joe exotic went to jail.
0: That's interesting. So like,
1: how amazing, or like S town is a documentary that I know for sure went on years and years and years before even some of the hugest meat of it. And I, I'm not going to try and get into S-Town, but it's just how weird must it be as a documentarian to be, well, we think we're making a cool story. And then all of a sudden a much bigger story unfolds while you're in the midst of, or I I don't, it just blows my mind. If if you're making a documentary, how long are you doing that for? How do you plan how long you're doing it for?
0: I wonder as far as like documentary makers in a situation like that, are you, are you kind of putting a little gas on the flame? You know, like the questions you ask, are you you trying to enrage Joe exotic a little? Are you trying to, you know, bring up something that Carol Baskin did or said to make him even more upset, not necessarily to have him kill her or attempt to kill her, but to, you know, just make, just get that sound. You know what? Let's get one more sound bite out of him. Let's get him to say something crazy. I I wonder how much of that is going on.
1: Some of them are definitely like that. Uh, I mean, just like, uh, you know, there, there are, there are two sides, like the the documentary Blackfish. There are definitely people who say Blackfish was manipulative, and I've I even have my own opinions about like documentaries don't necessarily need to be, you know, it <clears throat> like in the case of Blackfish. If you if you really feel so strongly about how, you know, uh, killer whales are or orcas are are highly intelligent creatures that are being traumatized when they're being brought into this environment, like. If that's the message you want to give, if you start worrying about, are we getting Sea World side of this? Like you're you you're not going to have a documentary that has impact. So yeah, probably at some point you have to decide we we're not going to worry about the the truth or or quote unquote truth of this side of it. We're just we have a we have a message we want. I mean, Tiger King, Tiger King doesn't necessarily have a message <laughs> other than don't go to Florida.
0: I think it was the precursor for what was going to come this year. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the the Tiger King of years.
1: Yeah. Oh, geez. Quite, quite. But anyway, that was. You know, it, it, I, I at least I'm happy that I stayed relatively, because cause like I said, I thought that Joe Exotic had killed Karen
0: Baskin. Uh-huh.
1: So it's good to have gotten through that and found out. I I didn't know exactly how the story went.
0: Oh, she's alive and well, everyone. Good, good to know. Uh, Are you done with Tiger King? Should, yes. Okay,
1: I am done with the tiger, the king of tigers. The
0: Tiger King rolls directly into the next thing. I'm gonna. I was debating on whether to make this a a drool or a cool, but then I watched something else that was even worse. So I just decided to make it a cool. Uh, Did you watch that video that I, I sent you a link for?
1: Oh. I forgot.
0: <laughs> okay, it's fine. It's fine. I
1: got so, so wrapped up in getting ready today Tell please tell me about it. I there was a uh, movie
0: made in 1981. Alright? Yeah, okay. It's called Roar. Alright, the story behind this movie, uh Melanie Griffith is she's like a teenager at the time. Uh her mother is uh Tippy Hedrin, like this is real life, okay? She was in uh, The Birds. I think she did a few other things with, with Hitchcock. So she, she kind of had you know some clout in Hollywood. She was married to, I guess he was like a producer or something. I can't remember his name. And uh, he had, I think, three sons on his side. So they were kind of like a, a mixed family type situation. And f- for some reason, they started adopting, I think they started with a lion at first, and they had a lion living in their house as their pet. Like they would show the the video that I, I sent to you, there was home movies of them swimming in the pool and the lion like jumping in the pool and swimming around with them. It's very strange, very weird. Uh, eventually they started adopting all sorts of big cats, lions, tigers, I think they had panthers, cheetahs. Oh,
1: come all on, sort, come mountain on, come
0: the on. They didn't have bears. There was no bears. Oh my. I- uh yeah. so anyway, I'd, they decide I get that out of my system. <laughs> I I know. I I kept wanting to do it too, but there's no bears unfortunately. So they make this movie about First of all, there's really no plot, okay? There's I guess he's a scientist or it was kind of a, meant to be like a conservation movie. So the the lead the lead actor, he's he's the guy that, that owns all the lions. He's he's Melanie Griffith's stepdad. He's got this uh piece of land in Africa somewhere. And he's got this giant house. It's like a Swiss Swiss family Robinson house where everything just looks patched together. Like they made it out of uh, a crashed uh, boat or something. I don't know, but he's got, I don't know, hundreds of big cats. There's leopards, there's panthers, there's mountain lions, tigers, uh, of course, lions, all different kinds of cats. And They're just crawling all over him, and uh, the story is uh, his family's coming to visit him because he's been in Africa doing his research. They don't know what he's doing, and he goes to get them, but they go a different way to come to the house, and they come to the house, and it's just bedlam. There's lions everywhere. For about 45 minutes, they think they're going to be eaten. At the end of the movie, they realize the cats are nice and they've been trained. And then they start petting them and they spend about 10 minutes like just cuddling with cats in their bed and stuff like that. It's bananas. And the the thing I sent you, the, the video, I can't remember the name of the video. Just look it up on YouTube. The movie is actually on YouTube. We rented it uh, as a physical copy from Netflix. I still do that. Uh, that's how we watched it. But it's on YouTube if you want to watch this. And the making of the movie is insane. Uh, Melanie Griffith had her face ripped over, open by oh dear. by a cat. Uh, Jan de was the cinematographer on this movie. He went on to direct uh, Speed and Twister. I think he was the cinematographer on... And um, um, you
1: know what they did to cows in that movie?
0: To cows? Yeah. Oh, and Twister? Yeah, yeah. Oof. He was the cinematographer on Die Hard, I think, too. Anyway, he had the back of his head basically ripped off oh and they they had to reattach it with like staples and like dozens and dozens of uh, stitches and stuff like that. And they show a picture of that. They figure that probably a hundred people were injured making this movie and about 70 of them had to go to a hospital. They actually filmed it in California, which is, you know, I guess nice. If you need to go to the hospital, you're not hundreds of miles away somewhere in Africa. But it's insane. It's just dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of these giant cats fighting with each other, climbing over the people. It's insane. At one point the guy tries to break up a fight between these two lions and his hand gets ripped open. It is bananas. I highly recommend you watch it. It's there's no plot. There just no plot at all. Uh at one point uh they go they're taking the boats to go find uh, you know, the family and these tigers swim out, out into the boats and climb on top of the boats and capsize them. That happens a couple times. Tigers are like, I want to go for a ride. And it ends up tipping the boats over. Don't know if that was supposed to happen or if they just went with it. This whole movie is basically ad libbed. I think because yeah. the, the animals weren't trained they were just there they're just running they're knocking people over you can see them just run up and knock somebody over and then five of them pounce on top of the people I don't know how they made this movie I mean they self funded it obviously but it is insane like if you like Tiger King you're gonna like this because it is just bananas I highly recommend everybody watch this insanity
1: (laughs) Watching watching Tiger King, it is, there is, and there are several, like not just the, obviously not just Joe Exotic and uh, Carol Baskin, there are several people who either run other <clears throat> uh, animal quote-unquote reserves, or they just, they have a bunch of people on there that just make their, either make their money on, on getting exotic animals over here to sell to people, or again, those kind of people that there is there is something very odd about the type of person who, and and a lot of it just has to do with with, with fame or fortune. Of just right. at some point says, yeah, I should own a tiger. And it's like, no, they're they're not <laughs> they're not domesticated animals. No, they're they not. shouldn't be owned. or, I think- or elephants. The, like the the one guy owning elephant. Every time I see someone who owns an elephant. It kind
0: of, it just bums me out. I'm glad you brought up an elephant because there's an elephant in this movie, and it knocks the people out of the boat. It picks up the boat, it smashes it with its trunk, it stabs into it with its tusks, and just breaks this boat in half. And this is not a full sized oh. elephant. This is like an adolescent elephant that does it. He picks up the elephant, picks up Tippy Hedron. And like he's, she's kind of wrapped inside of his trunk and you hear her screaming in the movie. And that was really her screaming. Cause it like, probably genuine. It, no, it shattered her leg. Yeah. Oh, it was geez. genuine pain. <laughs>
1: it's yeah, crazy. It's, <laughs> it just calls into question of, uh, you know, you get trained animals for movies mm-hmm. and I wonder what's, how do you, how do you like ethically source a tiger? Yeah, so I they, think they have valid. They have, you know, if you want to call it that value to be a trained tiger in a movie, but then what's the history on how did that? Because when you see the stuff of, of, you know, or or like uh, guys like Joe Exotic who were, you know, breeding tigers to sell to rich people who want to own a tiger, it's Mm -hmm. it's really sad.
0: I think that's where a lot of them that are here come from is places like that. I don't think... I could be wrong. I don't think they're taking a lot of them from the wild anymore. I think they're they're being passed around, which is pretty disgusting even to to say that that it's happening now, but yeah, I don't think they're like necessarily trapping them over there. They're they're having a hard time just keeping them alive over there, you know, in in their native co- yes. When I say over there, like uh tigers are, you know, from India and uh and Russia and you know, they get poached all the time over there. Same with lions in Africa because you know if if a if a village feels threatened by a tiger they're going to they're going to kill it they're not going to let it you know come in and and take their kids or anything which I mean that that's life but when you get like poachers going over there or, or uh, like the big game yeah. hunters it's yeah it's not a good look
1: no no terrible look yeah it's just <laughs> it's another thing on top of everything being on fire i guess <laughs> right yeah what else yeah, you got? They do. They, uh, yeah. You know what? The, so, uh, you know, drool wise, uh, I'll just quickly say, you know, Gabe and I have been watching Letter Kenny, which we love. Mm-hmm. They have a program on on Hulu called Little Kenny, <laughs> which is a bunch of shorts that are supposed to be the character our cartoons, animated shorts of the characters when they were kids. Mm-hmm. It's just terrible. Is it? It's just awful. Not even worth talking about. The on the fence, I want to talk about. This Is on the fence? Okay. I dipped a little bit into the new Looney Tunes on HBO oh. on HBO Max.
0: Did you see Elmer Fudd in his scythe? I did not. I <laughs> I only watched because he can't have a gun, think, which uh, whatever you know. I'm not well, gonna I'm not yeah. gonna I'm not gonna nitpick on that. But they gave him a scythe to chase Bugs Bunny with instead.
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> di- I I watched a little bit of Dynamite's okay. Apparently.
0: Yeah. Dynamite yeah. They still, still do dynamite.
1: dynamite. I had a I forgot if I talked to you about this, but I had a long discussion with someone else about the inherent violent nature like can cancel because I know for sure Tom and Jerry is one of those things that I just don't think can ever come back because it relies so heavily on just relentless violence.
0: Is Tom and Jerry on there? Because I'm pretty for sure Warner Brothers owns them now. I think they bought em. like the old ones might
1: be. It's just it's just I'm just saying it's one of those things that like I think Disney is evergreen because it's not as in it's not it's never been inherently violent mm-hmm. I mean, make arguments either way but like Looney Tunes wa- relied a lot on you know people getting shot with right. gun gun ass
0: guns i I kind of look at know. it like you're letting your kids play fortnite probably do you think watching Elmer Fudd with a chase a rabbit with a gun is Gonna traumatize them more than like playing a video game that has
1: a gun in it. (laughs) I can tell you, Travis, no one dies in Fortnite.
0: Okay. Nobody dies in Looney Tunes either. Uh,
1: but no, I mean, I mean, to the like, like, that's a whole that I I know enough about like development on Fortnite that they put a lot into make sure that if anybody ever questions, they can say no one dies in Fortnite. I did. They get not. They get knocked down, and then Hmm. a a little robot appears, and they uh they uh, get taken away in a hologram. Like, in Fortnite, they it's very specific about you knock someone down.
0: You get back then, up again. You ain't never going to yeah. keep you down.
1: Like, th- those kind of things, it's just the same of, like, like, they have very specific language, and that's why Looney Tunes is this way. They just, they, they overthink everything to make sure it's like, well, this is, a rock can fall on somebody, but, you know. I, but that's that's part of it is watching a little bit of it. Cause I, I, and this is another thing that I, I, you know, I exploited my son for is I'm like, sit down, we're going to watch one of these and we're going to watch one of the old ones. And I just want to get your, I want to get your take because I watched <clears throat> cause the, the ones on HBO max, they're shorts, but it's set up in episodes. Like it's a hmm. episode with four or five shorts in it. But okay. I have my feelings on how that, that kind of makes it work less, but that's, that's maybe, that's more of a personal thing, but there, we watched the first one that it was a, uh, Daffy and Porky and like, I got nothing out of it.
0: Really? That's, nothing. Just, oh, that's a bummer. Just
1: dead zone out of it. And I, and I just, I'm watching, I'm like, it, it, there's just like, there is a sense of timing, a sense of comedy. Uh, I will tell you for sure. Mel Blanc is unmatched. Oh yeah, you know, even yeah. getting voice alike and stuff like Mel Blanc, not only was just dead on with the voices, but he had a sense of timing mm-hmm. that's just not there. And it's he kind
0: of you know, created a, a the, sense of timing. To be honest with you, he kind <clears> of <throat> like yeah, I mean, he obviously he wasn't the first uh, voice actor of all time, but a lot of people still you know use his style and his timing and his cadence. He
1: was. When you look at the when you look at the the swath of characters that he played, and I, I can't remember all of them off the top of my head, but or even a few of them. But when you look at the the unbelievable difference between characters that he was doing, it is insane. Whereas you get someone like Mark Hamill's Joker is iconic. Mm, yeah. But for, from listening to him do other stuff, Mark Hamill Mark Hamill can do an amazing Joker. But he can't really do much else.
0: Yeah, I, I've heard him do other voices on other things and it's it sounds a it's lot usually, like the Joker.
1: Yeah, it's usually a yeah. modified Joker, even yeah. when uh but, uh the the Kevin Smith what Kevin Smith movie is he in? Is he in the Jane
0: Silent Bob strike back? I think yeah, he's in I can't remember which one it, he's in either the but character,
1: I think it's Jane Bo- Silent Bob Strike Back because he's playing he's playing cockney. No, right. it's the reboot
0: one. Maybe he's in both. I think he's in the reboot too. I don't think he was I don't think I remember seeing him in reboot. I'm pretty sure he sword fights uh uh Val Kilmer in the reboot one. You know, in the in the actual movie they made of it where they've got Val Kilmer playing uh uh Jay, I think. I can't I remember, remember who's remember playing that. Silent Bob, but I'm pretty sure no, Rick, Mark Hamill's the bad regardless,
1: guy. Regardless, I, I know that I know that he's knocker in Strikes Back, and he is definitely kind of just doing Joker in that. Yeah. But the point the point being is you can't. I guess like it, not to not to go on too much longer than I'm going. just uh, there's just something about a thing produced in 2020 that uh, I just I don't think they'll be able to get back the magic like and i mean those those shorts were being made to put in front of movies
0: right yeah and uh, and they were doing <clears> a few <throat> a year yeah you know and there there's compilation them. videos you can find on youtube where it plays i think it's 1 second from every uh looney tunes cartoon from the first one till the last one and huh. I think I've seen probably most of them. It's it's weird, but you're like, oh, I remember that. I remember that. Just one second, you're like, I remember that. So yeah, yeah I mean, are you going to remember the one the uh, cartoons you just watched in a week?
1: A ton of them. Well, they they just didn't. You know, again, it's so. I will tell you from sitting Gabe down and watching it, Gabe kind of agreed with me. But then we we watched the second one that was a Bugs Bunny Yosemite Sam, and I will say that one actually did land a lot better and kind of gave me a well, maybe I should give the rest of this a chance.
0: Maybe it was just uh, Daffy Duck's pessimism that it didn't touch <laughs> in your yeah,
1: heart. And that was the other thing. Is so So the one that we did watch, the classic one we watched, I think it's called, uh, I think it might be called Hair Trigger. It's the Duck Season, Wabbit Season one. Mm-hmm. And um, if you've watched those old ones, there is definitely, there's kind of a an early Daffy Duck who was definitely more of the kind of uh, slapstick, like insane Daffy Duck. Yeah, the hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. And then there was the Daffy Duck, who's just kind of an asshole, that they landed was kind of more the iconic or the canonical Daffy Duck. Right. And the the one that I watched seemed to be kind of splitting the difference between those two, and it just didn't really, I don't know. But, you know, it, and, and it's also hard to say, like, that, like, specifically, like, that one, because I didn't I didn't just choose a random one. I chose, well, this is one that's kind of unimpeachable as one of the funniest ones or one of the best ones. Versus you know the I don't know i'm I'm the jury's a little bit out, but I will tell you out of the two that I watched on that I'm gonna watch more of them out of the two that I watched uh the first one was really a miss and the second one at least got me enough that I want to watch more, but even that one i'm I'm not sure, and i just i just uh I really love looney Tunes and i I don't know if they can. I don't know if they, they can keep doing those. I just don't think that they can ever get that magic back. Much yeah. the way, like, we're never, we're never going to see... Uh, I don't think we're ever going to see Tom and Jerry have any relevance. Like, Woody Woodpecker's not going to have any relevance. Like, a lot of those that were pretty significant in their era, whereas Disney can... Like, Mickey Mouse will always have a place. I just don't... I don't think that... that uh, for me, at least, I don't think Looney Tunes is ever really going to reach that cultural relevance... Space Jam 2 is not going to have that cultural no. relevance.
0: No. I wonder if when the original Looney Tunes cartoons came out if they were as culturally relevant as they were to us like in the 80s cuz they had already they had had a history of probably 50 years of being like you know, if you were into that kind of thing, you'd be like, okay, you got to watch this. You know, kid or parents passing it along to kids. I wonder when they first showed in front of movies, if there was people like, what is this? Why are they, why do I have to sit through this? This is garbage. They're hurting each other. This is terrible. So I wonder well, much, if there was kind of that kind of thing going on back then.
1: Much like, uh, you know, much like um, Disney, like Mickey Mouse didn't become the sort of canonical, like iconic Mickey Mouse for a, Wow, so the same thing is like, Bugs Bunny isn't quite Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, like, a lot of those characters aren't quite, you know, by the time, honestly, the ones that we've watched, they had a, I, I want to say years, but they had a while to refine them to become, like, the the icons. Right.
0: Are. So,
1: I, I would say, yeah, like.
0: They've got to find their voice. The first ones, the, the, the black pe-
1: and white ones, you know, I don't know. That that would be an interesting tale to hear, and I'd, I'm sure there's some stuff out there about it.
0: They just need to keep making them because they're not going to catch it, you know, if, if they don't make them. So why not? It it does make me worried about the new Muppets thing that came out because I just saw a trailer for that yesterday wow. for Muppets Now, and I don't know. It's got it's got special guest stars, and I was like, eh, I just want it to be good. I like the Muppets. I'm not totally sold on the the new uh, Kermit the Frog voice. I don't think it's the Ooh. same, I don't Ooh. think it's the same person guess, that did it yeah. in the movies, because <clears throat> that one didn't bother me, but this one was like, uh, I th- that sounds about, like, my Kermit the Frog. <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's a similar thing of, like, those things are iconic, and I, I
1: feel like there's, and maybe that's a similar thing with Looney Tunes. is there's a place for it, but the, there's a specific talent of, of like, a Mel Blanc, and some of those directors, you know, like Chuck Jones, like, just were so snappy and on, and mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you're going to find that talent. And maybe, maybe honestly, like, maybe you just can't find someone who can match Jim Henson. Because there's the voice, which can be approximated, but there's, you know, so there's a heart behind it that maybe, you know, people trying to imitate it just can't
0: quite catch. But there's also going to be young kids watching these for the first time, and that's their introduction to the Looney Tunes. And maybe in 10 years, that that is going to be something that clicks with them. You know what yeah, I mean? Maybe, Cause sometimes things click with kids that just don't click with adults and that's, that's fine. You know? All right. I'm going to, I'm going to hit my drool. Are you done with that one? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to keep it quick. Uh, I watched the movie annihilation.
1: Oh man. You didn't. Uh, okay. I mean, we'll have a little bit of a disagreement on that, but uh, it's
0: got a really good cast. Natalie Portman, Gina Rodriguez, uh, Tessa Thompson, Jennifer Jason Lee, Oscar Isaac, great cast visually it's pretty stunning and beautiful uh my problem was there's it they really don't explain what the shimmer is they call it is Mm -hmm. they don't they kind of explain that it's like restructuring dna of everything inside of it they don't really explain super why there's there's just really they don't explain anything really they don't actually explain what it was where it came from it just they go into the shimmer uh one by one they all die except for Natalie Portman and then you find out at the end spoiler it she probably died too it's it's probably a a alien version of her and an alien version of Oscar Isaac from a previous uh troop that went in there there's some weird stuff you get to see some weird visuals like they they cut a dude's stomach open and there's like a giant snake inside of it Uh, I
1: was pretty impressed with like how much disturbing stuff like the yeah that was disturbing like that is quality disturbing stuff the bear quality disturbing yeah the
0: bear (laughs) ripping off Gina Rodriguez's uh, jaw basically pretty disturbing like I said visually it's it's pretty impressive but the story was it just didn't actually accomplish anything or explain anything it was just it was like sci-fi for the sake of sci-fi i just i didn't i didn't like it uh
1: you know that i that makes sense i will say i think for my part i went in i went into it having heard some people talk about it and a lot of specific um because it's based on a book that's a trilogy Hmm. and i had heard people saying that the book is even more obtuse and people just basically saying, like, I had people get out ahead of it, already kind of saying, like, this this movie is pretty great. Go into it. Do not have expectations for what's going on to be explained. Just go into it. And, uh, like, it's about performances. It's about this. It's about, like, the intrigue of all this weirdness. So, like, I, I like that movie for I myself. I, I understand what you're saying. I think that I think I was helped by kind of knowing to go into it without having those kind of expectations.
0: I also wasn't rooting for the Natalie Portman character at all because they keep showing these flashbacks and she's having an affair with a co-worker cheating on her husband. How am I supposed to like root for that person? Yeah. The only two people that I actually liked in the movie was Tessa Thompson and Gina Rodriguez. And they both, you know, <coughs> They get it. So
1: it's too bad that it didn't land for you. Yeah. I do like that movie.
0: It's like I said, visually stunning. I just there was there was like no story. Like they go in there and weird things happen. <laughs> That's the whole movie.
1: Yeah, I should uh now that I'm thinking about it, I should read those books and see how they land for me.
0: Yeah. Do you have do you have anything else?
1: Uh, you know, quick, I you yeah, know, I'll do one more. Uno mas, uh I watched uh, HBO put out their first episode of the Perry Mason series that they're doing. Oh,
0: who's playing Perry Mason? I didn't know this was happening.
1: Uh, Let me find on here. I've got on here. I'm not familiar. A guy named Matthew
0: Reese. Mm, It it rings a bell.
1: Let me see if there's anything that I reckon about. I didn't quite recognize him. Like, looking at a picture of him, he... I don't know. Let Let me see what we got here. He's known for the Americans. You ever watch the Americans? Uh, looks like he's a looks like he's a main character in that. I've he's seen a, a couple. Ca- I've seen
0: a couple episodes of it, because I, I I like uh um Carrie Russell a lot. So I, I have seen a couple. Is he the husband? <clears throat> Is he uh, Kerry I, Russell's I've, husband? Maybe.
1: I've never. It looks like it. <clears throat> okay. He's
0: standing next to Carrie Russell. On okay. Show. Yeah. Yeah. That's him then. Yeah. I, yeah. He's a good actor.
1: So yeah. I I like the way he's he's playing this character. But it's you know it's it's in the 30s.
0: Oh, um, so it's a period piece? Oh yes. Very oh, good. Much so. Yeah, I think we yeah. need more of that stuff. Like, I'm tired of these reboots where it's it's in modern times now. Like, all right, it's it's just like every other lawyer show. Then let's tell an interesting story. Well,
1: he's also not a lawyer. He is a PI in this one. I don't oh, know if really? Means, I don't know enough about the series. So make I the Rockford if, Files. I don't know. Uh, I don't Mag- think that the Rockford Files happened in the 30s. I was going to say <laughs> Magnum, but
0: they they've already done Magnum. <laughs> They're doing that right now. Yeah. So.
1: Well, I mean, and I don't know. I I guess I I've never really looked much into Perry Mason. I don't know if Perry Mason is based on like maybe there are books, maybe there's something else. I don't know. So I don't know. Regardless, he's a he's a private detective in this. It's it's pretty gritty, but not too bad. What I will say I like about it is it it has hints of having kind of a snappy dialogue of like a like a sort of a yeah, see, take it on the road kind of stuff going, yeah, but not like, like leaning that. too hard into it. <laughs> Uh John Lithgow's in it. So it's oh. good to see John Lithgow. Uh uh was it Shea Wiggum is in it? I really like Shea Wiggum a lot. So 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 you know, not go too far. It's only one episode, but uh ah, okay. like, You know, if if a nineteen thirties uh PI <laughs> period piece that's that's pretty gritty is up your alley, like give it a try. So I'm I'm having a good time with the one episode I watched. Oh, good.
0: All right, so that sounds well. fun.
1: I'll close. We're going on a little while. I'll close with that, and I'll save uh, anything else I was going to talk about for. I, uh, I, uh, what What's the what's the word for it? like? I retire my time. I relinquish, my, my time. What's re- the,
0: relinquish. That's the one. All right. I got three news items. We're going to hit real quick, and then and then we'll get out of here. Uh, yeah. Number one, The Witcher season two will resume a production in August. So for that, I've hopefully I by more the
1: books about that, and I've read more and. I'm really interested to see where that goes. I'm sorry, I, I catch up. I'm being
0: bad to you. I was just gonna say, hopefully by the the first part of next year, we'll we'll get season two. That should give them enough enough production time and things like that. So yeah, I, just like you said, I'm I'm excited to see where it goes too. Uh, Cobra Kai is coming to Netflix. Yeah, I hope that
1: means the whole series is coming to Netflix. Yeah,
0: it is. Like they're go- good, they're gonna move good. seasons one and two over. Uh, I think by the end of the summer and then season three will premiere on Netflix. I've heard so much good stuff about it. You know, it's, it's kind of a comedy, but also with a little bit of drama. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, me too.
1: Unfortunately, I don't know a lot about it. So hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully it surprises me.
0: And then this is the big one. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this. I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, Michael Keaton is in talks to return as Batman to the DC universe.
1: Yeah, wasn't it something to deal with like a, uh, like with the Flash, like an alternate reality yes. kind of thing with the Flash? Yeah, I think,
0: I think maybe they're going to do Flashpoint and they're going to do kind of a, inst- maybe instead of Thomas Wayne, or I don't know, maybe they'll have Michael Keaton play Thomas Wayne, but maybe it'll just be, you know, a much older Bruce Wayne. And I what- thought
1: I. Yeah, I thought I had heard that it was gonna. They were gonna do like some Batman Beyond stuff. Well, yeah, so I heard that, but Bruce Wayne.
0: I heard it's gonna be a, a Batgirl or Batwoman instead of. I can't remember the Batman Beyond character, the, the kid. Yeah. He, but it's he, yeah. it's it looks like they're gonna do like Batgirl, and it'll be a Batman Beyond thing, and then maybe Michael it. Keaton will kind of pop up, like a a Nick Fury type character, and, and kind of bring. The universe back a little bit, so it's they'll still do they'll do the, you know the Batman movies that they're doing now, and that'll just kind of be a separate thing. So, like they they've been talking about uh Brown or not Brown and Ralph <laughs> Henry Cavill
1: I I'm like yeah <laughs> no.
0: Henry Cavill coming back you know kind of spot 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 you know
1: kind of cameo stuff yeah cameo type things stuff. here and
0: there so I think maybe they'll try and just kind of reboot the universe a little bit and instead of having a Batman, maybe they'll have a Batwoman instead. That way the other Batman movies can still exist in their own universe, but they can also have that Gotham element in in the universe going forward. So that could be kind of cool. I mean, DC is kind of like that with their animated series. That's how I always look at it. Like none of them are necessarily interconnected with the other ones they're just kind of separate stories so it could be interesting i mean why not michael who doesn't love michael keaton like
1: oh yeah i'm, I'm definitely uh, always excited to hear that michael keaton has gotten more work
0: so so yeah so i mean that could be cool that's all i got for this week
1: all right you know what i i have thoroughly worn myself out so with that being said travis if you anyone out there who's tired wants to tell us about it later to the tater at gmail.com is the uh email you can get at us hey get at us man if if you have been enjoying this subscribe to our show we love having an audience please rate us five stars give us a one sentence review it's how we become visible on the uh apple the apple podcast that's kind of the big one so as you know we got nothing against all your other podcatcher type things it's just kind of the one uh tell a friend if you can Basically, what we're saying is we just want to reach more people. I already gave you the email. We just want some people. We want to We want to serve you. We want to serve the public.
0: Be our guest.
1: Be our guest. You got anything uh, you want to plug, Trav?
0: Uh, I'm doing shows at the Wise Guys downtown this weekend. If you're listening, I'll be opening there. Uh, as far as going forward, it's kind of a week-to-week thing where there's not a lot Imagine. going on out, you know. Other clubs are, you know, kind of doing the same thing that we're doing here where it's limited seating and it, they're not really bringing in feature type people right now. So it, it's a it, it's an interesting time to do stand up. It's it's still fun. I still love it. But it is it's it's hard for it's hard for the clubs uh, because they're they're basically, you know, open with at least one hand tied behind their back, if not two with, you know, all the restrictions. And they've also they're trying to keep their staff happy so they don't lose their staff because you know, and they care about their staffs too. People work at comedy clubs for years and years and years and they're super loyal because it's it's a fun place to hang out. So they're trying to take care of them, but also take care of the customers. But you can only do so much. We can only let so many people in. It's kind of a hard thing. Doors
1: open in general. Yeah, Yeah.
0: yeah. So, I mean, that's going on. I would say if, if you're one of our, and I know we have some, one of our new New Zealand listeners, Send me a DM and let me know what it's like to live without the coronavirus. Slide into Tras DM. Yeah, DM. just just give me a little magical story of what it's like not to not to fear touching something and then accidentally rubbing your eye. Oh, yeah. that would be nice to read before I fall asleep Oof. at night. My, my yeah, hands. Then you got
1: the. My hands are
0: right snarkers. on the side of my face as I say this, like I'm like, like I'm asking a a, a wise o- older person to tell me a story. So yeah, let us know. All right. Oh, uh, you can follow would, me at Travis Tate Funny on all, oh, yes. all of the social medias too. Get them. Oh, one more thing. Uh, one more thing. No, no, no. I, I just uh, last week I did a it, I guess I don't know, I don't know what to call them, whether it's a podcast, but it's for YouTube. It's basically a podcast that was recorded over Zoom I for we YouTube. Call it a Pootube. Pootube. All right. Well, I did a Pootube with my my good buddy Patrick Ramirez and we were talking specifically about the movie No Holds Barred. Starring Hulk Hogan.
1: Speaking of
0: speaking of poopies, <laughs> <laughs> dookie. So uh, go to YouTube and watch that. It, it's a fun. We had a lot of fun with it. So it's only like it's a half about. hour long, somewhere around there. So it, it's a nice little fun thing it's to a watch. Brisk.
1: It's a brisk watch. Yeah. Uh, Blue Wave Theory is the music that we use for our opening and closings. We appreciate the usage of that.
0: Oh, I think it's called. Um, uh, I think it's called. Oh running it back with patrick ramirez i think that's what it's called
1: oh, okay check it out yeah please do uh anything else my man
0: i think that's it yeah
1: all right well then for uh gritty 1930s out there uh this has been late to the party with travis tate i'm
0: jake and i'm travis tate and better tate than never